Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine and the UK's number one vegan content site. In part one of today's episode, Molly shares her excitement about a vegan cookbook she's discovered from the 1980s. We marvel at the amount of flans and mousses and the lack of long lists of ingredients, and Molly promises to test out some of the recipes. We also discuss the government's possible U-turn on fur and foie gras imports and Kylie Jenner's controversial lion head dress. In part two, I'm joined by the director of the Yondu Culinary Studio in New York, and we discuss Korean cooking, how to make vegetables taste more delicious, plant-based fermentation and popular vegan dishes in Korea, including a seaweed soup that's given as a birthday present. You'll be pleased to hear that I have managed to cut down on my coffee drinking, Molly. <gasps> I'm so proud of you. How have you done this? Is it just a kind of like after our discussion last week? Yeah, it was getting out of hand and it was bothering me. So I, I've just, I've found, and I know this is really ridiculous, but just keeping a bottle of water because I, people always nick my water bottles, like the children. And Oh, I was going to say, who is stealing from you? I all know. The time? <laughs> and I have this one, like my favourite one, which is from like a... Um, oh, I love that. A big sort of like, it's like a protein um, flask yeah. kind of thing, like a shaker. I'm really fussy about bottles, are you? Like they've got to have the right... I... Um, a big chilies fan. That is my oh, my really? bottle. Yeah, love a metal one. I'd like a glass one. Um, interestingly, when I was living back home in Wales before I came to uni, so like six seven years ago, um, I work. I used to work in a phone shop, and someone came in to work and was saying that he works for London, like water or whatever, and that um, basically we should be all be drinking filtered water because 
water's just not clean. I don't know whether he was like specifically talking about London water, um, <laughs> but we should all be drinking filtered water. Um, and that bottles that we should be using should be glass because oh. um, I know metal has like, uh, or is it plastic? Sorry, it has like BPA, unless you have BPA free. Yeah. Um, but he said that with metal and plastic, it can have like scratches and um, chips or whatever. And bacteria can grow in those like really ma- minute scratches. Um, but you would have thought the same of glass. Ooh, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he said glass is the best one. But I don't have a glass bottle. I'm sounds, not that fancy. Sounds dangerous. I don't yeah. like the metal water bottles. They like, Do not. Oh, it feels like if they clanked against my teeth. Oh. It'd be like, oh. I love it. I'm obsessed. (laughs) Anyway, apparently if you keep a big bottle of water on your desk, then uh, you just drink that instead and don't bother getting the coffee. So (laughs) It makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) Oh, God, my life's so sad. It's fine. It's fine. Wait until you have to take little tea bags around with you everywhere, because that's what I've started doing now. It's taking little pucker tea bags around with me. Really? Why? What, around the house? no no not around the house <laughs> oh just when you go out just when I go out yeah I'm just taking it to bed with me <laughs> hello Mr Teabag it's my boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean when you when you go to like cafes and stuff they they don't they charge like a good few quid for a herbal tea and it's literally just exactly i'm not paying i'm not paying three pounds for a cuppa where i could go and but i've bought i've spent three pounds on 24 tea bags and i'm gonna bring them with me take your own good take my own (laughs) tell us about this book so um molly has been messaging me um and she's been very excited because i don't (sighs) quite understand what's happened but she's found a cookbook and she's, um, yeah, a bit obsessed with it. So this is a very Bristol situation. But basically, there is like an old letterbox um, up by me. and Phone box? No, not a phone box, like a letterbox. It kind letter- of like, it, like a letterbox. A post like box. A, a post box, yeah. yeah. A letterbox. God, who am I? <laughs> um, there's an old post box. And it's now been turned into kind of like um, a library, like a public library that people go and they drop books off and they can sort of like, you can either give a book or take a book or whatever. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, I just need to, I just need to try and get this in my head. So this is, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know Bristol, this is so Bristol because it's yeah, the most Bristol thing in the world. So many random things happen. Now I've seen the phone boxes being turned into little mini libraries how does that yes. work with a post box well I mean you I I suppose you don't stay there and read the book you you take the book away well where, how, uh, how do you get into the post people post it in the post box oh it's open it's already open so like the door of it is open right got it okay carry so on just go in. yeah <laughs> glad we got that ironed out um, <laughs> um so um my boyfriend, he is obsessed with it. He goes there like on the regular looking for stuff because he collects like VHS tapes or whatever. And sometimes they have tapes in there. But uh, we had a look yesterday on our walk and there was a vegan cookbook. And at first I was just like, oh, it's going to be, I don't know, just an everyday vegan cookbook. And we looked at it and it was like, that's pretty old. It looks pretty old anyway. 
It was published in 1986. Love which it. Is just mad. I, I, it's a long book as well. How long is it? It's got 200 recipes in there. Wow. Um, and I'm just obsessed. The recipes are, oh gosh. Some of them are, are quite, um, are still quite current actually. So there's got like cashew cream, um, lots of kind of like nut spreads and things like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then they've just got so many just mousses and jelly <laughs> that and is so the 80s isn't it I, I know and oh gosh they've got recipes for mayonnaise um a cucumber dressing made from a large cucumber tofu olive oil lemon juice mint salt and black pepper which I think actually sounds quite nice yeah that sounds quite refreshing um where are they let me just find so what them what sort of mains did did they eat back in um, <laughs> did they those vegans back in those vegans so the first recipe is a bulgur bake um which is as you can imagine bulgur wheat um it doesn't have any pictures so you have, kind of have to use your imagination a little bit i wouldn't get and, on with that i've got to have pictures I'm no but this is why you know it's old because there's no pictures here <laughs> read can't just god i can't believe it um cashew and mushroom roast uh courgette and tomato crumble which i think actually sounds quite Ooh, nice yeah that sounds good um yeah what else have we got tofu stir fry very, very fancy for eighty. Very exactly. Where was there was one? Oh my god! There was one. There was a recipe for plain rice, which I loved. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> there are five flan recipes. Five. So, god, yes, flan. I actually think I love a flan. I distinctly remember when I was younger. Um, it wasn't vegan by any means, but my auntie made um, a flan and it was like a custard and fruit flan. Mm. And it's one of these desserts that I've just never tried since, but I can't stop thinking about. Yeah, it's um, always in your like happy memory. <laughs> sort of. Now I've got five recipes to make all the flans <laughs> I want. <laughs> Hang on, what's the difference between a flan and a tart? This isn't a joke. This isn't like a... <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I know. I feel like that was a, a good... Yeah. A roll-up for a joke there. Um, I have, I, I think a flan is a flatter tart, right? Where like the, in my brain, the flan. <laughs> I'm trying to make this make sense out loud. <laughs> <laughs> like flat flan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that, is that making sense? Sort of. Yeah, because I I remember my dad making because my dad like I've said before on the podcast, was a chef. Um, and and then he sort of went into lecturing. So he was like a catering lecturer and then blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, so he, you know, he was sort of good. He even wrote books, actually, in oh my the God. 80s. I'll have to dig them out. I think they're like Please. something hideous. Like, um, Is this his book? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish it had been. Oh. No, I think he did like, oh, what was it? Marzipan Figures. Ooh, yeah, he was I very, very that. good at marzipan figures. And he was even on, do you remember Bruce Forsyth's Generation Game? I've heard of it, I never watched yeah, it. Yeah, he was even on that doing his doing something with his, I don't know. God, famous. Funny. Um, but yeah, he used to make the flans and they were almost like a cakey, 
like a sweet flan and it was like a cakey base so I think we need to look this up don't we investigate yeah if anyone knows enlighten us because we don't yeah and again (laughs) I will put it in the show notes because last week you were saying about um what was it TVP being made from soy flour and you were right Oh, that that's made me happy. Yeah, so I looked it I, up and checked. I wasn't completely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we better just um, make sure we're sharing, you know, sort of solid <laughs> advice here with our. It's always solid advice with Holly and Molly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you can you can trust us. Um, what's some of of these recipes? Yeah, we've got six flans: tomato flan, mushroom flan, carrot flan. Tomato and lentil flan. Carrot flan. <laughs> Olive and potato flan, which I think could be quite nice. That sounds nice. It does sound nice. The ingredients don't, there's not a lot of ingredients, which makes me a little bit sceptical. But, but it's simple cooking, isn't it? Like, that's what cooking. it was like back then. You didn't have 20,000 ingredients, like, all these Yeah, which kind of makes, yeah, which I'm kind of intrigued about. Um They've got a mung bean and courgette casserole, which I thought was a butter bean. I read that wrong. Butter bean and courgette casserole, which I think sounds delicious. Yeah, that sounds um, good. What else have we got? They, where are the sides? Let's go on the side dishes because these are great. A cucumber mousse, a pepper mm. mousse, a carrot mousse. Oh, I love the sound of the cucumber mousse. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Say mousse again. Mousse. 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 <laughs> A beetroot mousse. Ooh. A celery and coconut mousse. Some of these sound pretty exotic for that is, 1986. Yeah. yeah. Very um, cool. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued. I feel like I kind of want to cook some recipes and show them off. Yeah. Can you and do, like, do that? A spread. Maybe I'll I'll send them. I'll put them all on Patreon. Our patrons can see my great cooking. That would be very cool because everyone loves your um, all your meal ideas. We've had, I think we had an email the other day. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but it was saying how much they loved um, Molly's recipes and Molly's. Oh, that's cooking. so nice. I feel like I'm such a babbling fool when I talk about recipes. <laughs> I'm just like, just say it how I'm remembering it. So there's no order or structure. To it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you always inspire me. I think you inspire lots of people listening. Um, oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm really sort of liking the idea of making some flans and mousses. Yeah, um, let's go back to the 80s, baby. Yeah, yeah. When I spoke to uh, Moby, when I spoke to Moby the other week. I spoke you know, to Moby, like yeah. You do. do you know uh, him? It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't, do you? But I do. Piss <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, off. <laughs> Shaking. Um, yeah, he was saying how, uh, well, actually, no, it wasn't him that said it. It was in his film, the punk rock vegan movie that he's, um, you know, directed. And um, it, they, the guys, the, these sort of old punk rockers from the 70s, 80s were saying how when they were on tour, they just, you know, there was just no food. Like there wasn't, there wasn't even a, really a word that anyone like an accepted phrase like no one knew what vegan was so they were just eating literally like they'd have a jar of miso and get some hot water and have miso soup or brown bread like it was literally just like they were you know no nutrition going yeah that's that sounds so intense and I think you know more credit to them though because a lot of people if those are the foods that you're eating constantly like you are just going to be as you say a just quite deprived of nutrients and yeah. be probably not very satisfied and happy no. 
I know, I, like good on them. We've got yeah. we've literally got no excuse. Like the human race has <laughs> getting on one now. <laughs> the human race has no well, hang on, that's probably not true. Uh, the vast majority of yes. you know, the Western world at least, um yes. does not have an excuse not to be vegan now. Um because there's just so much choice and you know, and like we've we've spoke about on here so many times, it's it can be so cheap. You don't have yeah. all those replacements. It can be exactly. Um, and just while I'm having a rant um, on the vegan food and living website today, I see there's a news story about the government possibly doing a U-turn on banning foie gras and fur, which just makes my blood boil. I mean, for goodness sake, how? but why like I don't understand you know obviously they must have understood that there is a problem with these things to initiate the the law that was coming into effect I think they announced it was it it might have been two years ago now maybe about a year and a half Mm. perhaps but for to then decide no actually do you know what I think it's fine let's 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 keep going it doesn't make sense and I think it is probably just money at the end yeah. of the day. Pressure from different yeah. and things like that. I suppose if if they're you know if they have spon- like donors, that's what they have donors who give them loads of money. Yeah, what to sort of like support the government? Yeah, you are you are right, and I think a lot of times that's what it boils down to. And I think mm. you know that's how the meat industry is thriving and stuff like that. Oh my god. I feel like this comes on the TV every single year, but you might have seen it popping around. We've seen, um, I think it's Eat Balance. They are like a meat and dairy business and they've put um, an advert out. They do it every year saying, it's literally an advert for like meat. It's no like selling a product. It's just selling meat. Yeah. And it's just, it's, they've got like this little girl to come up to the camera and just be like, um, did you know that if you drink meat and dairy, you're um, you're naturally getting your B12 and it's just so infuriating. And if, but if you go on their social medias, they've turned all of their comment section off. Like no one can argue with them. Really? Um, yeah. That's it's interesting. It is interesting. I, I, I actually wrote a story on it last year. Cause as I said, like they literally do this every single year. I, I don't know why it's kind of like around this time. Um, but I think Ed, uh, did like a debunk video on his YouTube channel and he just goes through all of the claims that they're making kind of I think they're sort of leaning with the this is how you naturally get B12 um, and he was just saying that a lot of the times like the animals that are going to um, like slaughterhouses and stuff like that are so deprived of nutrients anyway that they're having to be artificially boosted with B12 so yeah. They put supplements in the feed. Yeah, exactly. They? Yeah, exactly. So you, it's not natural. Yeah. And what and what does it matter if it's not natural? Like we have, you know, antibiotics. We have all of these things to to fight illnesses, and you know, clothes that we wear are synthetic materials and stuff like that. Like, why is there such a focus on it being natural when we're not, you know, fulfilling that in other aspects of our life? Yeah. God, that sounded good, didn't it? That was really good. I was really getting into that. I was like, oh my God, yes. But, <laughs> I just love our job. Like every yeah, week we too. just like get together and just rant and just chat about veganism. It's just bloody yeah. brilliant. 
I get to sound intelligent for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we try our best. I don't know if yeah. we always pull it off. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the B12 thing, I think um, it used to be in, because like you say, there's nothing natural about, you know, what's natural about factory farming? Like, we're yeah, not just, exactly. It's just nothing natural going on with the whole food system really anymore, is there? Like, especially no. when it comes to animal agriculture. So industrialized. Yeah. So, and, and, we've like wrecked the soil so the soil used to have b12 in it yes that was another thing that he was um, yeah. I think had just discussing so the animal would get the b12 through the the grass it was eating or whatever mm-hmm. and um we would get the b12 also from the fruit and veg we're growing but now soil's trashed by years and years of you know over farming like farming the same sort of grains i think yeah soil um like soil health and stuff like that is something that i'm not really that clued up on but i know that it's such a major issue at the moment it's kind of like without good soil we've not got food end of yeah that's it's, it. it's quite scary i think i don't know if you go to the soil association website and have a look i, I know there's like a phrase like 60 harvests left or something i think there might even oh, be a documentary God. it's literally like so many harvests left and it's like what well, what, what do we do then? <laughs> yeah, that's horrendous. Gosh. It's terrifying. One thing I was going to say about fur, um, which I, and again, Earthling Ed. So we were just saying about the government, um, you know, perhaps doing a, hopefully not, but perhaps doing a U-turn on banning fur. And, um, you know, did you see recently the, uh, who was it? Um, Kylie, Kylie Jenner. Yes, with the lion's headdress. Had the lion's headdress on her, on, yeah, on a sort of part of her gown. Yeah. And everyone was like in uproar saying, oh, it's like glorifying trophy hunting and stuff. And the guy, I can't remember the the designer was sort of saying, you know, that I think he was saying it's actually like in praise of these animals or something. And that, yeah. So I, 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 I actually really, really like this collection. I can't remember the name of the designer, but I really did like it. It was, um, I think, the theme that he was running with. Obviously, everything was synthetic material. There was no fur there. It was all, um, yeah, Yeah. animal-free. But basically what he was saying, it was, you know, using... um, These animals were, like, protection for women and how that like women could get their power from sort of reflecting like really strong animals like lions and like leopards and stuff like that and uh, I found it really really interesting I love like really conceptual fashion and I think that was interesting I can understand how people thought that it was trophy hunting if they had put a lion's head on the dress I think yes that's (laughs) disgusting what are you doing but it wasn't and I think sometimes we have to kind of like not be so on the nose with things and actually do a bit of research, dig a bit deeper and understand that, you know, this isn't, they aren't the bad guys, you know? I I like that. I didn't know that about it. I'm just imagining you now sort of swanning around with a massive, like, (laughs) what animal would you have? Like, what animal would you channel? What animal would I talk? A leopard, I think. Oh, beautiful. Leopard. Love a leopard. Yeah. I don't know what I'd have. Um, I feel like a, I feel like you're kind of like a bird. Yeah, I'm very um skittish. <laughs> 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 yes, I think you're that, a pigeon. 
I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm one of those pigeons in uh, in Broadmead in Bristol with like one leg, <laughs> a bit manky. God, I feel like that. I feel like you're kind of like um like a really gracious bird, like a swan or a stork or something like that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, That's I think. Okay. I think when I did, you know, what's your spirit animal quiz? It was like a bird or something because I am always moving. Like I don't, not good at sitting still. Anyway, getting back to the um, <laughs> the and the animal head thing. Um, Earthling Eds did a really good video, like you were saying, um, on his YouTube channel, and he was talking about the fact that why are we, why are we all up in arms because there's a fake lion's head yeah. on a dress when? We're all, well, not me personally, but, you know, most of the population is walking around with a cow skin on your feet, like made into a handbag. Like that is gross. It's just the kind of like the easy, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just people that, you know, like the saviors, like not a white savior is kind of like a term, but I, similar to what to a white savior, but not a white savior, where they just think that like, they're against this thing that they're not even clued up on they're not even sure about but they're they're so hypocritical it's like when people say like oh i hate the chinese um dog festival but i'm gonna go and eat a burger like it's things like that you know it's just you can't you obviously just can't make your mind up or your it's easy activism you know i can just kind of like say or share this instagram story where this is I'm I'm saying that I'm on board with this, but I actually have no idea. Yeah, I'm not really taking the time to think about it. I'm, I'm yeah. saying I'm saying and I'm I'm an animal lover, and you know we we've sort of criticising these people. I mean, I used to be like that. I've always been a massive animal lover, and I used to eat meat and dairy. Yeah, I didn't for sure. Know, but that's you know, hopefully, slowly more and more of us are sort of. I like the term waking up. Like on the yeah. Facebook groups, a lot of people say, like, I've just woken up and I'm like, yeah. yes, oh, my God, it is. It's so true. I've opened my yeah. eyes and I've seen it all. Yeah, I think that kind of like owning that sort of like the the woke term, I, yeah. people weaponize the word woke, don't they? And I think, you know, what's wrong with being socially aware? What's wrong with being, you know, as you say, like awake to all of these tragedies and I'm trying to do my bit like what's wrong yeah. with that yeah just quickly before we have to go and um yeah. how's your um how's all the fitness and like not drinking and all that malarkey amazing really when I say amazing <laughs> I'm amazing I look I'm amazing, amazing. <laughs> um no the drinking I did have a drink on the weekend I did I did dry jan and then some um Brilliant. but I went out on Friday oh gosh but so I went out on Friday, went for a pizza. Um, me and my partner were big eaters when we go out and like we just tend to be really overindulgent. And we were mm. like, Do you know what? We're going to share a pizza. We shared one pizza between wow. us, which is just insane for us. Because we're, as I said, we're such big foodies and we just will eat and eat and then not realise that we've got to go yeah. and socialise for another four hours. But <laughs> like we ha- we can't do that right now. Um, so, yeah, shared a pizza wow. um, from Pizza Rover. It was delicious. Mm. Have you ever been to Pizza Rover? No. Uh, is it on Gloucester Road in Bristol? There is one in Gloucester Road. There's a few now. They've um, they've become like a bit of a Bristol chain, but a good, you know. I think I've like had one chain. once, yeah. 
Yeah, I oh, think I've had one lovely. They've really, really upped their pizza, their vegan pizzas. It was like vegan induya, which is kind of like a spreadable sauce, like the meat version of it is like an Italian spreadable oh, sausage yeah. with like a sunflower seed pesto, jalapenos, um, and crispy onions on top. Oh, so good. Delicious. So good. <clears throat> That's what, again, back to what you just said about, um, you know, not overindulging quite as much that's what I'm trying to do because I'm like I'm working so hard in the week like running at 7am and working out and whole food plant-based I get to Friday and I'm literally like woohoo yeah anything and everyone not anything obviously as long as it's vegan but I'm just like yep get the crisps out get the dip out get this get this and I know you've got to have a bit of you know like fun and not be really strict with yourself but come Monday morning put on about five pounds and then I'm just like oh. yeah this is this is what I've been trying to work with and I think I've been allowing myself to have like things in the week sort of like I'm trying not to say good foods and bad foods yeah um, I'm just eating foods um, yes. but in a controlled way and then when it comes to you know the weekend I'm, as you say I'm not like neck in five pints pints is <laughs> pints of lager is my demise that is going to kill me so yeah. I need to stop cut with the pints and as I say just eating chocolates and all that other stuff and just yeah. like binging because yeah. then you've just like undone all the work that you've done I know. The week. and you don't feel good in half time you don't even want to eat it you're just like oh, it's Saturday I'm gonna for the sake of it yeah because yeah. you've been so restrictive through the, throughout the yeah. week whereas if you kind of like have a biscuit here or a bit of chocolate whatever here then you you're not gonna be like yeah yeah it's all about just balance isn't it I like balance it. That's going to be my word for 2023, balance. Okay. Yeah, same here, balance. And um, what was the other thing you said? Weaponizing woke. I like that phrase. <laughs> I'm going to so steal that. Love yeah. that. We were sent a really exciting product this week, which we've been trying in our dishes over the past few days. It's called Yondu Vegetable Umami, and it's a vegan, Korean, all-purpose season sauce. And it's gluten-free, organic, non-GMO, and clean label. Yondu Vegetable Umami is made from organic soybeans, yeast extract, and simmered broth of savoury vegetables like white radish, cabbage, leek, Mm. shiitake, and garlic. Yum. This slow fermentation technique is the key to developing its deep flavour. And apparently it's become a favourite with celebrity chefs, home cooks, Michelin star restaurant chefs and even MasterChef finalists. What did you cook with yours, Molly? Uh, So I cooked up a delicious mushroom risotto using yondu vegetable umami. It's the perfect broth replacement and brings out the natural umami flavour in mushrooms. You can find the recipe on their website. Delicious. I've been putting it in everything. I did a jackfruit chili with um, Mm. one teaspoon in. I added it to my scrambled tofu the other day. And I even combined it with chili and garlic to make a sauce for a stir fry, which was really nice. You can even make salad dressings with it. You just mix a bit with olive oil and lemon juice to make a vinaigrette. It's such a good store cupboard staple, isn't it? Yes. Um, There's loads more inspiration for umami-rich vegan recipes over on their social media channels, including Instagram, which is at yondu.uk, and TikTok, which is at yondu underscore UK. Yondu vegetable umami can be purchased on Amazon for $7.99 for 275 mils, and a little really does go a long way. Stay tuned to hear from the director of the Yondu Culinary Studio in New York. 
Jaume, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we were just saying off off air, as it were, that um, you're from Barcelona originally. You're in New York now. Yes, I am. Yeah, I oh, just love Barcelona. It's such an amazing city. I know. I miss it so much. But New York is not bad. I always say that New York is the second best city in the world after Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got a good sort of duo there. Do you go back to Barcelona much or not really? I do. I do as much as I can as uh, work allows. But yeah, yeah, pretty often. Uh, Oh, amazing. So you're director of the Yondu Culinary Studio. Tell us about your role and what it involves. Yes, Yondu Culinary Studio is this beautiful space downtown Manhattan. It's a street-level kitchen space. We have a wonderful kitchen here. And our mission is to help people enjoy more delicious vegetables, to cook more delicious vegetable dishes. Um, the way we do this is through cooking classes, recipe development, uh, chefs' events, panels, expert panels, collaborations with uh, nonprofits in the city, like public schools of New York City, Partners Market. So we try to be part of the community, and we are the, the guys that help other folks eat more vegetables in a delicious way. I love that. I mean, I just had a look at the pictures online, and it looks amazing. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a gorgeous space. Yeah. yeah. What a place to work. So are you vegan yourself? I am not vegan, but I'm not. A, I would say that I'm a vegetarian mostly. So I'm the kind of guy that if I if I go to, I go to your place and you serve meat, I'm going to eat it. Uh, yeah. But I don't I don't I rather not cook meat at home. Yeah. So tell us about Yondu then, why it's such a great staple for, you know, people following a vegan diet. Well, Yondu vegetable umami is a very clean and powerful um, umami flavor sauce. So it's a cooking sauce that adds this delicious savory flavor to any dish that you're cooking. This is especially interesting when it comes to a vegan dish or a vegan diet, because when we try to eat more vegetables, whether we are vegans or not, just trying to eat more vegetables, the thing that we miss most is most is this umami flavor right? It's this flavor that we associate with meat, seafood, and we find vegetables less tasty, a little bland. So Yondu is a way to naturally add this umami flavor to our vegetable dishes in a way that's no compromise. It's zero carbs, uh, zero sugar, zero fat. Uh, it's all natural, organic. Um, so it's a very healthy way to add flavor. Yeah, I love the umami flavor. Like from mushrooms and things like that I just it's one of my sort of yeah sort of favorite things I don't have a sweet tooth so it's um yeah quite a <laughs> big Me too. Me factor too. in my cooking um so you talked about sort of get, trying to get people to eat more vegetables and so Yondu vegetable umami is um it's a Korean product is that right it is yes yeah so and um I was reading that Korea is among the well, vegetable consumption in Korea is the, among the highest in the world. It is. It is. That is correct. Yeah. So why why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, that's that's all because of flavor. Uh, honestly, it's Koreans know how to make their vegetables taste delicious. And in the Western countries, we struggle with vegetables because we don't have this culture of fermentation in the first place. You know, Koreans have been developing this fermentation craft for a thousand years and what they do is like plant-based fermentation this means developing flavor 
through the fermentation technique. So when they cook vegetables, and it, it blew my mind the first time I saw kids in a public school in Korea eating mostly vegetables for lunch and enjoying them, and it's all because of flavor. So they, they eat a lot of vegetables, not because they are healthy, because they love them, right? They give them pleasure. That's that's the difference, isn't it? You know, I'm thinking of my little boy now and it's like, you know, he, he'll eat everything else on his plate and then he'll leave the the veg till last or he'll pick it out. And it's, you know, it's seen as you've got to eat the vegetable bit because that's good for you rather than, oh, this is tastes really good, you know. Exactly. And that, that's that's what we try to do here. Like just, yeah, vegetables are good for you. That's that's a fact. But but vegetables are delicious. That's the thing that we want to convey. Right? That's the, we want people to enjoy vegetables in the first place. It's just cooking them right, isn't it? And like you say, packing in the flavor. How does fermentation work then? And why is it so good for us? Well, fermentation is basically a process in which bacteria and yeast break down into sugars. Uh, break down sugars. Uh, so it's a natural process that's been around forever. And humans, we've been using it in a myriad of different applications, right? In Europe, we do more like cheese and wine and beer. And, and in Asia, they, they tend to do more like vegetable kind of legume fermentation, which is like soybean, right? And um, originally, fermentation was a, a preservation technique, uh, believe it or not. But also, it's a, it's a flavor is a way to provide flavor, right? But then, more, more recently, we discovered that fermentation has a lot of benefits for our health, especially for our gut health, because um, it, it generates beneficial bacteria and probiotics. And probiotics are associated with a variety of health benefits, including improved digestion, better immunity, and even uh, increased weight loss. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very beneficial um, way to it. Yeah, I mean, that there's so many benefits there. Like you can preserve your food, you know, you're you're getting, it's good for your gut. I mean, and it, yeah, it tastes good as well. So that's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, is this, is this ancient, like traditional knowledge uh, that's delicious, practical and good for you, right? Yeah. What else, where else can you ask for? Yeah. <laughs> do you do a lot of fermentation yourself? Oh yeah, I I've done a lot of experiments uh, in my life. Some of them good, some of them awful. Because fermentation, <laughs> fermentation is a craft. You know, uh, I used to work as a baker, and fermenting bread takes years to learn how to ferment it right. And fermenting soybean uh, is even more complex because this we are talking about when we talk about young vegetable umami or other fermented soybeans products. These are very slow, long term fermentation. So there are a lot of things that can go wrong. And uh, Sempio, the company that produces Yondo, is a company that it's a family-owned company that has been um, making fermentation for seventy-five years, so they know how to how to do it right. So, what sort of things do you do you kind of make? Do you make like sauerkraut and kimchi and things like that? I made everything like kombucha, sauerkraut, kimchi, even soy sauce. I made once; it was terrible, terrible <laughs> soy sauce uh, that I made myself. But uh, I'm pretty decent at kimchi. Uh, uh, I, I can do very nice kimchi, sauerkraut. I've tried to do cheese. Yeah, I like fermentation. Pickles, yeah. pickles are a fermented food, by the way. Yes, I love. Oh, I love it all. I've got. Yeah, it's literally like my uh, my niece is the same. She's obsessed with pickles. And mm -hmm. for her birthday, people will buy her jars of pickles and she'll just eat them half the, half the, the 
Oh, that's oh. nice. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it's like you say, it's just kind of practice, isn't it? And I still have not got round to um, fermenting things. And yeah, I, I must uh, give it a go. So you do a lot of plant-based cooking at the culinary studio. What kind of dishes are popular right now? What's kind of trending, as it were? Well, there's there's uh, a thing that's been around for a while, but this year it's going to be blooming a lot, which is mushrooms. Mushroom dishes are super trendy now. Um, and mushrooms are not only meaty, but also very good for you and, and very versatile. So you can use mushrooms in many different applications. For example, you just have to pan fry mushrooms with a drizzle of olive oil until they're golden brown. And then you drizzle some yonder on top to boost this umami flavor. And it's like meat, right? So you can, you can eat them in a sandwich. You can eat them with fries on the side, with a salad, you know, it's, uh, and, and you can use, nowadays we are lucky enough to have uh, many ver- varieties of mushrooms that we can enjoy. So mushrooms is definitely something that's that's uh, very popular coming up as a trend. And also, I would say I've noticed seaweed is also growing. If you if you look at the recipes that like the trendiest people are publishing these days, um, seaweed is also coming very strong. Um, by the way, uh, a seaweed soup. I don't know if you knew that, but you know uh, you mentioned your niece's birthday so you know why what what they give what is the birthday dish in korea it is a soup so when it's your birthday they give you a seaweed soup and it's very simple i can tell you in in 30 seconds you just uh mince a garlic clove with a drizzle of sesame oil stir it for 30 seconds add half a liter of water and two tablespoons of yondo yeah. Bring it to boil and add the seaweed. Boil for five minutes and that's it. It's really simple, quick. It's a, it's a weeknight dinner hero, right? So it's comforting, it's delicious and very nutritious. Amazing. Does it taste fishy or does it depend on the type of seaweed you use? It depends on the type of the seaweed. Uh, if you want to go very specific, I mean, it has to be like uh, dry seaweed, right? Because you're going to boil it. So it's going to uh, hydrate with the, with the water of the soup. Uh, if you want to be very specific, you can go to a Korean mart or an Asian mart and ask for the birthday seaweed soup. You know, it's the, the, the birthday soup seaweed, but, the Korean okay. birthday soup seaweed. seaweed. Uh, because my Korean friends will be upset if I don't recommend the exact seaweed. <laughs> you know, that's 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 very delicate. But you can actually do it with kombu or like any seaweed you have around. And yeah, it's it is fishy. But not in the bad sense, right? Like yeah. uh, tasting fishy doesn't need to be uh, a bad thing necessarily, right? Yeah. So it's to me, it's a it's a delicious seaweed in general. You can use seaweed in salads, in bowls, in stir fries, with pasta, with rice. It's a very versatile product. Yeah, and so good for you. I mean, it's like cutting out the middleman, isn't it? You're just getting that sort of the omega threes from all the things that the fish would eat without having to kill and eat the fish. So <laughs> correct. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's happy, especially the fish. <laughs> uh, Have you spent a lot of time in Korea then? Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 um, it's a country that I love, especially for food, like Korean food. I found to be one of the most interesting. It's like the last hidden gem of Asia in a sense. Um, and it's much more than what we see in the Western countries. Um, 
I don't know in the UK, but for, for example, here in, in, in New York, you have a lot of Korean barbecue restaurants, Korean meat restaurants. So people tend to associate Korean food with, with meat, right? With barbecue. But that's not what it is in Korea. Uh, barbecue restaurants are very exceptional restaurants for like occasions. So the, the meat eating culture in Korea is uh, the meat is for exceptions, right? It's for celebrations. Yeah. The everyday restaurants are mostly vegan or vegetarian. How bizarre then that the West has kind of gone, like <laughs> sort of changed, taken that tiny part of their culture and kind of gone. This is Korean. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we have we have issues with vegetables, I guess, and yeah. and we are we're we're heavy meat eaters. That's that's what I'm trying, and I've been trying for many years now to revert. Uh, and the the only way to do it, by the way, is with flavor, right? Uh, it's flavor is our is our tool to make people eat healthier and more sustainable. Yeah. What's the typical Korean dish then? Oh, the the denjang jjigae is, for example, is a soup, jjigae means soup, right. and it's the equivalent to the miso soup in Japan. But right. denjang jjigae is all over the place. When you land in Korea and in the airport, it smells like denjang jjigae, right? right? It smells like this, and it's very hearty and like comforting. That's and it's all vegetables. It's tofu vegetables, um, the sam. The lettuce wrap, oh, which yeah. is yeah, with rice and vegetables. The bibimbap, right? Yeah. Uh, bibimbap is rice and vegetables, and it's 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 a complete meal in itself. Now that bowls are very trendy, bibimbap is a thousand year old bowl, right? Yeah. It's been trendy <laughs> forever in Korea. So yeah, no, it's 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 really interesting. And then it goes bizarre if you go to this little town in the countryside. You discover, uh, you know, what I like more from Korean cuisine is that. Have you been to a Korean restaurant? They serve you like 15, 20 items on the table at the same time, right? Wow. So you have the rice, you have all these fermented roots and vegetables, and you choose how to combine them. So in a sense, the the guest cooks. So you you cook, you, you decide yeah. how to combine the flavors, the textures, and this is something that we don't have in, in, in the Western culture, right? You have the dish that comes from the kitchen, and that's it. Uh, Korean is all assembling flavors and textures uh to your fancy yeah i love that it sounds amazing what about tempeh and tofu do they eat any of that over there tofu a lot yeah korean tofu, tofu is very is is very uh it's it has a superior flavor profile so right. if i would say if you if you want to buy tofu and you see a korean brand go for it because it's it's normally very good okay um what tips would you share with anyone then because you're a chef aren't you like i am yeah uh, <laughs> highly trained chef i've been, um, I've, been, I've been in the trade for 25 years now wow okay um so what tips would you share for anyone who's um just you know a bit new to sort of vegan um cooking i my brother-in-law the other day said that um vegan food is quite chefy that's the way he described it which I found quite interesting. You know, he's a meat eater, so an outsider describing it like that. I thought, well, I suppose it is because you do have to, you know, use these different condiments such as yondu vegetable amami and, you know, things that people that eat meat and two veg, you know, and potatoes, sort of that old school British diet might never even think about. So what tips would you um, would you give? Well, no, you're totally right. Uh, if you want to eat more vegetables, you will have to cook. And that's a wonderful thing. 
cooking is culture and cooking is independence and cooking has a lot of benefits. Um, and one tip that I will share is like follow non-vegan recipes. You just don't go for the vegan recipes. Go for a regular cookbook and think, how can I turn this into vegan, right? That's so much fun to do. It's very creative. It's a very creative exercise. And then you will create your own dishes, the flavor you like, right? So so get inspired by non-vegan food um, in, instead of like going to, I mean, you can also visit vegan sites for for, for or, or cookbooks for inspiration. But thinking out of the box is something that I will definitely recommend in order to have a more variety and fun uh, diet. Uh, limit uh, processed foods, right? Uh, being vegan doesn't necessarily mean being healthy. And nowadays we have a lot of vegan processed foods, which are, which are not unhealthy per se, but uh, like any processed food, you have to just limit it, right? Yeah. So eat Moderation. fresh, for, exactly, fresh stuff from the market. If it's seasonal, better. But, you know, like get fresh stuff and transform it yourself. Cook it at home. Uh, and also, like, use yondu, right? Yondu vegetable umami, it's a, it's a versatile ingredient that will, it's a shortcut to flavor. It will save you time in the kitchen, and it will make everything taste delicious without overpowering. And that's the thing. Um, the way yondu works is uh, when you add yondu to a dish, it will highlight, it will naturally highlight the flavor of the vegetables or the ingredients without overpowering. Right. That's why a lot of restaurants are using Yondu and nobody realizes. Right. Uh, you you name a fine dining restaurant in Europe or the US, and they're probably using Yondu in the kitchen, and nobody knows, right? And everything tastes delicious. So that's yeah. that's why Yondu vegetable umami, we call it a magic sauce. Okay. <laughs> I like that. What about what but just to finish, what about Barcelona then? What kind of um if you were going back there and enjoying a plant-based dish, what would you what sort of thing would you find over in Barcelona? Well, thankfully uh, every Mediterranean country is mostly vegetable based, right? So if 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 you go back to the traditional Catalan cuisine in this case, which is the cuisine of Barcelona, it's mostly vegetable. So we don't have to invent a lot of things, right? Um, because we have all these dishes, rice with vegetables, it's a staple. Uh, you know, salad is always on the table. Uh, uh, roasted vegetables, I don't know if you heard about calzotada, you know, this like roasted onions that we dip in romesco sauce. Uh, it's like, it's it's a delicious. So we have we have a lot of resources to, to eat vegetables and we are very lucky in the Mediterranean not only Barcelona, Catalonia, but like just Spain in general and Italy and Greece. Uh, we don't need to invent the wheel again. No. Oh, honestly, you're making me want to travel. I'm stuck here in grey old Britain and I'm like, I want oh, to go no, to holy. Korea. I want to go to New York. To- but let me tell you something. Uh, one thing that I discovered, because uh, these days I'm also developing recipes for UK because uh, some folks there are using Yondo and they are demanding like British inspired recipes right? right and i'm learning i'm learning a lot i must confess that i was kind of uh at the beginning <laughs> you know like Mediterraneans were a little bit like full of ourselves when it comes <laughs> to cooking but then i went through all these recipes for example this christmas i made a bubble and squeak right oh yes with yondo it's delicious so skipping the pork skipping the meat uh, uh with brussels sprouts and potato mash and a little bit of yondo. Oh my god, it was delicious. Oh, so I'm discovering British cuisine, and it's 
pretty good. It's not that bad. Okay. That makes me feel better. Of <laughs> course. <little> <laughs> oh, well, I guess we're lucky to live in a society where we can sort of dip in and out of all these different cultures and flavors and things, aren't we? And um, it's an exciting time to be alive in, in some respects, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, in many, in many aspects. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been so lovely chatting to you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, Holly. Well, that's it from the Simply Vegan podcast for another week. Join us next Thursday when I'll be chatting to Rebecca Capelli, who's produced a new film called Slay, which is all about the fashion industry and the use of leather, fur and wool. In the meantime, don't forget to head over to patreon.com forward slash Simply Vegan, where you can join our community there from just £2 a month and you'll get loads of exclusive content. You can also try an issue of the magazine, Vegan Food and Living, for just 99p when you visit veganfoodliving.com forward slash podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.